Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay? All right, I'm getting the thumbs up back there. Amen, amen. Good to see everyone here this evening. Uh, we would ask that if you're able to rise, that you join us in singing hymn 468. Hymn 468, Joy Unspeakable. Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Hymn 468. Hymn 468, if you would please join us in singing Joy Unspeakable. And we have an open word of prayer. His grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free and free indeed. It is joy unspeakable the full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable the full of glory of the come father and uh, share their testimony and the words that you've given them to share with us uh, this evening lord we just pray lord that you bless this the singing the worship and the preaching tonight and that it be glorifying unto you it is in the name of jesus we pray amen and amen as you may be seated you sang so beautifully here you can join us on hymn 655 for our next hymn hymn 655 sunshine in my soul do you have sunshine in your soul Amen. Hymn 655, hymn 655, sunshine in my soul. Hymn 655, sunshine in my soul. Sing along. Ah, oh, there is sunshine in my soul today. 
is gladness in my soul today and hope and praise and love for blessings which he gives me now for joy laid up above all things sunshine blessed sunshine with the peaceful encourage you one more night this week now let me say this if we lose as many from last night as we did tonight from tonight to tomorrow night brother Cato is going to be preaching to Miss Diane <laughs> and we know that uh, you know she can only take so much of that all right see Miss Diane has told brother Cato he got to be nice to me this week amen <laughs> So I'm taking full advantage of that, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but please, so let me encourage you, uh, I appreciate your faithfulness to be back tonight, but uh, please uh, contact folks, look around and see who's not here, send them a text, let them know you missed them tonight, and uh, you want to encourage them to be back tomorrow night, Brother Cato will be preaching, and uh, so please, I want to encourage you to be here. Also... Uh, we're, Sunday morning, we're going to be turning in our faith promise cards. Now, it's uh, evidently some m may not have heard us tell when we're going to turn them in because we've had a couple that's already been turned in. So what I'm going to do, since especially since the after the message last night, y'all do remember the message last night, right? hadn't been that long. I hadn't been hadn't quite almost 24 hours, but not quite, you know. So, uh, but he, Brother Sharon talked about how sometimes we get ahead of God. God may be wanting to do more through us, amen? So, so what I'm going to do is I'll, um, I'll kind of push those off to the side, those two cards. And, and we have plenty of extra if you want to get an extra one. And that way, in case the Lord has spoken to your heart about something, then we'll, we'll go ahead and turn in a new one, amen? Y'all go ahead and say Amen. Uh, so uh, that'll be Sunday at the end of the service. Uh, so please pray as to what God would have you do. And uh, let's give God a chance to work. Uh, let's don't get our minds all made up before God has a chance to talk to us. And so please, you pray. And then at the end of service, uh, Sunday, we'll take these up. Now Sunday, uh, everybody's going to be in here for Sunday school. Brother Cato's going to be showing his... Uh, video from uh, from grants and I think everybody some some of you that have been going out to uh, VBS with us you'll uh, recognize some of the you know some of the things that he shows perhaps but uh, I want everybody to see that so Sunday morning during Sunday school okay so that means you had to come at 9 30 we're going to have a little continental breakfast starting at 8 30 you know like donuts and coffee and things of that nature and, uh, and then at 9.30, a little before, we're going to come in. We're going to get started right on time. Again, Brother Cato was going to be showing his video. Brother Joey Cantrell, uh, Liberty, Minist uh, Liberty uh, Prison Ministries, is going to be giving uh, an update, also his testimony about that. And then Brother Zach Doty for worship 
church planter. He's going to be also showing a video during our worship at 1030 and uh, preaching for us as well. Uh, you don't want to miss anything. Amen. Amen. Don't want to miss anything. So please, please be here. And then following our worship Sunday morning, we're going to, uh, again, we're going to take up our faith promise cards and then we're going to have a big lunch. Amen. Amen. One thing we don't do enough around here is eat. So we be, we're going to eat three days in a row, and then we're going to eat again Sunday. Amen. Amen. Just a, this is just a little sneak preview of what heaven's going to be like. Amen. That's right. uh, so uh, anyway, so please, please do not forget. And uh, tomorrow night, 530 again, we're going to have dinner. Uh, if, if you want to come and eat, come and eat. There's plenty of food, I promise. And uh, so please don't worry about if, you, uh, if you're not bringing something, that's okay. If that's taken care of, we want you to come and eat and uh, just spend some time in fellowship with the folks. We've been having a good group come. So tomorrow night, 5.30, and then, of course, 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to uh, we'll have our worship. But tonight, Brother uh, Tyler Yates is going to be preaching, showing his video from the Yucatan Peninsula, and I'm excited. He's going to sing, play the guitar again, amen. Uh, did a good job. I, Brother Kevin, a couple more lessons. Brother Kevin will have him straight. Amen. So uh, stay with him, Brother Kevin, all right? Uh, but please, please uh, pray. This is faith promised missions. This is missionary giving. Amen. So please, you pray as to what God would have you do. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll receive our offering. And the offering is going to help our, our missionaries this week. They've traveled. Brother Cato, they've driven 12 hours, and had expense for that, and so we want to make sure that we take care of them. Brother Yates as well. He was telling me his uh, schedule a while ago. Uh, it's a good thing he's 25. That's all I know because he is burning the candle at both ends. So uh, pray for him as well as the Catos. And, uh, again, remember to pray for these other preachers and missionaries that are coming as well, all right? Father, we pray that you'd help us. Uh, Lord, again, I'm thankful for these that have come to and driven in, traveled, Lord, to uh, preach and minister to uh, Central Park uh, through Faith Promise. And I pray, God, that you'd, again, be with them. Give them liberty. Give Brother Yates liberty tonight, Lord, as he preaches. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, the message, God, that was given last night. What a good message on Faith Promise, Lord, from Brother Sharon. And, God, I pray that you would uh, help us, Lord, to continue to invest our time uh, this week into uh, what you would have us do for faith promise lord not only our our time as we come to worship together but lord so lord also our time in prayer asking you god what you would have us to do and so lord please help us god lord i pray you'd be with this offering bless the gift and the giver and we'll give you praise in jesus name amen if you have an offering you please come
Amen. Amen. At this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 632, hymn 632, He Loves Me, hymn 632. Afterwards, please greet each other as we prepare for tonight's special uh, and sermon. Uh, hymn 632, hymn 632, He Loves Me. Hymn 632, He Loves Me. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he evoke that sacred head for such a word?
together at this time. Okay. Uh, here's a song that I heard a, a while back, and uh, it's, it's, I thought it was a really beautiful song. So I'm not great of a singer, but I like to sing too sometimes. It's called Since I Met Jesus. I was lost in my sin. With no hope or peace within, lost in darkest night, stumbling on down my way with a debt I could not pay, with no hope inside. Save given life to me since I met Jesus he has given victory now the you give the Lord all your cares, leave behind past despairs, He will set you free. Since I met Jesus, He has given life to Since I met Jesus, He has given victory. Since I met Jesus, He has given life to me. I just want to say quickly, uh, as you already know, uh, my name is Tyler Yates, and I'm a missionary to the Yucatan Peninsula, way down south in Mexico, 
and a lot of people kind of don't know where that is, and they ask where that is, and uh, that's the reason I say it, because if I tell you Mexico, you're just going to think I'm going to go along with all the other missionaries that are there, but it's quite big. Mexico is huge. Uh, but I'm going to be going down to the area, if you think of Cancun, you probably kind of have an idea of where it is, Cancun, Tulum, uh, Playa del Carmen. There's a lot of pastors that I know that love to go down there, go scuba diving and stuff. Uh, but I'm not going down there just for that reason. Well, I'm not going down there for that reason. I'm going down there uh, because there is a lot of need down there. I'm going to be working with the uh, Mayan people that are down there, the indigenous people. And uh, you'll see here in a little bit in the video, the video is going to explain it. And then uh, we're going to get into the sermon after that. But I just want to say quickly, my parents are missionaries uh, as well. And I grew up as a missionary's son. They were in the northern part of Mexico, and then they went down to the southern part of Mexico. And uh, they're, they're missionaries down there. And uh, some years ago, they decided to start a clinic uh, to be able to get into these different villages. And so my parents used the, the medical missions uh, mindset idea to get into these different villages to reach the people. The people are very tradition-minded, and they're also very Catholic, as you know Hispanics are. And so all that mixture makes a big mess. And so these people are very closed off to anything that has to do, uh, anything that has to do with outside of Catholicism. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to know what it's all about. And so my parents decided, hey, we're going to start a clinic. We're going to get in there, and we're going to help these people out, just help them out medically and whatever they need if we can. And then through that, we're also able to share the gospel with them. And that is our goal. Our goal is that we'd be able to reach them uh, physically so that we'd be able to reach them spiritually. That's the goal. And uh, that's something that my parents uh, decided to do. It's allowed us to get into villages that other people weren't able to get into. And we are we've able to help other churches get into villages to start missions and works like that. And my desire is to be able to help them out, especially in the church planning uh, mindset and idea to go into those villages and train people and train them to be able to uh, do the same thing as well in other parts of the world. And so that's a big part of our ministry as well. We just got a shipment down there, a huge uh, uh, container that we sent down there with a whole bunch of medical equipment uh, that we were able to send. And all like three-fourths of my stuff, too, I sent it down there. And so I'm getting ready to move down there whenever I can. So we're going to go ahead and show the video here. Uh, we'll go ahead and show that, and that will tell you a little bit more about the ministry. This is the Yucatan Peninsula, located at the very southern tip of Mexico. It is a land of much beauty and mystery, and home to a people thought to have been long lost in time, the Mayan people. It is a place known for its vibrancy and color and beautiful landscapes. The people are tightly knit to both their culture and traditions. The ancient Mayans used to rule the Yucatan Peninsula with great power and flaunted their skills in mathematics, architecture, and cosmology. Many people think they all died out, but their descendants are still inhabiting these vast jungles. In some ways, their foods are not foreign to the American taste bud. They love to eat anything from pork, beef, and chicken, but there are some things that are a little foreign. These are people that work hard with their hands in order to eat, build, and survive. There are deep cenotes 
that pepper the peninsula in underground cave systems, beautifully colored lagoons with different shades of blue, and oceans with some of the clearest waters in the world. This land is truly a paradise to many. Though it is Mexico, the peninsula seems like a totally different country. The majority of the natives still speak the Mayan language, and there are some who only speak Mayan. of the people live off their lands, the fruit it yields, and the animals it's home to. These are the Mayan people of the Yucatan Peninsula, living a seemingly simple life. You might even think that they enjoy every second. But this could not be further from the truth. Since the 1500s, the Mayan people have been taught to follow a religion that was forced upon them. The Spanish conquistadors not only brought sickness and diseases to the Yucatan Peninsula, but also a false Christianity that over 87% of the people still hold to today. The ancient Mayan worship of many gods has not left, but has simply been repackaged to look more pious. The Catholic Church and its leaders have done nothing but harm to these people. They would rather follow a tradition of man than to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Catholicism has also bred different kinds of superstition and occultic practices amongst the people. Drunkenness is rampant. In January of 2022, the Lord put it in my heart to go to the Yucatan Peninsula. I've been able to live there a few years in the past and have grown up speaking Spanish fluently. I will be partnering with veteran missionaries who started a clinic that aims to attend to the people physically in order to attend to them spiritually. The goal is that through the clinic, we can help plant churches and missions in these villages that are otherwise closed off to anything outside of Catholicism. 
We want to share with them the love that God has shared with us in giving us His Son, Jesus Christ. In May of 2021, I graduated from Norris Bible Baptist Seminary, a preacher training school located in Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm being sent out of Iglesia Bautista, Nuevos Horizontes, under the leadership of Pastor Javier Garza. My desire is to be able to share the life-changing news of the gospel to a people enslaved to traditions. The goals are simple, evangelizing, church planning, and discipling new converts to do the same. By the grace of God, I've already been able to make several visits, taking part in witnessing, preaching at different local churches, and ministering through music. I ask that you please pray that the Lord would continue to open doors as I embark on my journey to take the gospel to the Yucatan Peninsula. Like I said, as a missionary son, and my uh, my father, he is he's a. I tell everybody he's a white guy. His name's Earl. And that's how you know he's a white guy, and he's from Kentucky, and my mom was a Mexican, and so I was able to grow up in both cultures, and I was able to grow up as a missionary's kid, and to be able to see what that was like, and so for many years I kind of saw what my parents went through, and uh, now I am a missionary myself. And there was a time period there for about 10, uh, well, at least for me, 10 years where I was in the United States, and we hadn't gone back for a while. So I was also just a church member for quite a while, and uh, now I'm going back to the field, and I'm going to be going back to work with my parents. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit in a different light in this specific area, uh, stay the course. And uh, we're going to be going to Acts chapter 26, Acts chapter 26, and I want to stay especially in this verse here. It's a great verse. Uh, you may or may not know the context of Paul is going to Caesarea and he's there before King Agrippa and he's talking to him and he basically tells him his story and you see that at the end of the story uh, King Agrippa says, Thou almost persuadest me, Paul. And uh, he's telling him what he's gone through and what he's doing. And then he gets to verse 22 and you see what he says there. And he says, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophet and Moses did say should come. And uh, I want to talk to you tonight about stay the course, but especially in perspective of, a, of the view of a missionary and how we get to see it as well on our end. So we'll get started. We'll pray and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for loving us, Lord. And I pray that you would please work through me tonight. 
Give me the strength to be able to preach, Father, and, and that your spirit would be here with us and that somebody's heart would be stirred up for missions, whether that's in going or giving or whatever it is that they want to do, Lord. But just help us to be able to do more for you. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. I want to talk to you just quickly uh, about, like I said, uh, uh, the perspective of stay the course in two different ways. And this is a little bit unique. This is a little different. I'm not this eloquent elegant uh, preacher and stuff like that, but I try my best. And uh, there's a, I want to see this, first of all, in the light of the member's view of a church. You guys, you guys are the members of this church, and I want to share with you just quickly uh, what I see in this verse, uh, in, in Acts chapter 26, verse 22. Uh, number one, I, I want to encourage you, or encourage this church, especially like I said, growing up as a missionary, now I'm, I'm on deputation. I haven't even been to the field yet, and so uh, officially on the field yet. Uh, I've been there many times, but I haven't been able to be there on a term, so I feel like I'll probably learn a lot more by the time I come back. But at least to this point, I want to encourage this church to stay the course in praying for your missionaries. Number one, I want you to stay the course in praying for your missionaries. Uh, I want us to ask ourselves a real important question, a very serious question. Do you actually know how many missionaries this church supports? Uh, do you actually know most of the missionaries or not? Maybe you would say, no, I, I really don't. And it's things that you can go ask and find out. It's not something that you wouldn't know. Uh, but sometimes we tend to be in church and we tend to kind of forget about our missionaries other than the prayer letters sometimes that are read. But do you pray for the missionaries? How often do you take a missionary's card and pray for those missionaries? You know, I've had quite a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, brother, I take my, these cards and we, have a, a, on our, we get dinner together, our, me and my family, and we'll pray for a missionary and we, we just interchange it. That's amazing to hear that. You know, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do different ways. But I think that sometimes we often forget to pray for the missionaries, like we ought to pray for them. And, and when I say that, I tell you, I was a member for 10 years. And I'm not saying this just because. Uh, I went through this as well. And there's a lot of things that I think that we forget to do as, a, as, as members of a church. And, and one of those things is praying for the missionaries. And I want to encourage you to consider that and to stay the course in that. When was the last time... You know, a missionary came through here, and you actually went home and, and prayed for that missionary and their needs. And how will you know the needs unless you, you talk to those missionaries and, and figure that out? And I think that prayer is such an important part of the life of a Christian uh, just to begin with. But I think that praying for the saints and praying for other people around us, not just for our church members, but especially the missionaries that you partner with that are going to the field. You are deputizing. That's why we call it deputation. We're going out to churches to be deputized by a church. They're partnering with us. They're saying, you have our seal of approval, and we're going to help you to go down to those places or to go wherever you're going to be going. And I think that you ought to probably pray for that. You know, uh, other than the spiritual aspect, that makes us kind of a family. And uh, you ought to pray for your family. You ought to pray for your mom and your dad and your siblings and your cousins and your uncles. And you ought to pray for the people in your church. But, you know, we ought to pray for the missionaries and stay the course in that. And sometimes, I know what it's like, you get all excited about it and you start praying. And then eventually you stop praying about it. It just, it just happens. Uh, but I want to encourage you, maybe you did do that. Maybe you've stopped. Well, you need to get back to it. Uh, maybe you, maybe you, you haven't done it before. Well, maybe it's time to start. And I, like I said this, I was putting this together, man. It was really getting to me. And, and not just that. I've met a lot of missionaries, especially now being on the field. 
And uh, you meet a lot of missionaries, and, and sometimes I, man, I look back, I, I just, I, I need a better half in my life. I'm working on that, you know. But I, you know, I kind of think, man, I have, I'm just, I'm not really that great about taking information from other missionaries and keeping in touch with them, you know. And we ought to be very careful with that. And we ought to have a desire to help and, and pray for, uh, for missionaries. Uh, just stay the course in praying for missionaries. Number two, I think that we should also stay the course in giving to your missions. Uh, this is a whole subject in of itself, and I could stay here all night and talk about this. And this is going to be quite involved in the rest of the sermon, but giving to missions is a very important topic. I want to ask you this very simple question. Are you giving to missions? And a lot of you might say, yes, I do give to missions. And maybe there's some people here that you would be surprised. Don't give to missions. Maybe there's some people here who have yet to learn what it is to give to missions and faith promise. And I want to encourage you to, to continue and stay the course in giving to your missions. And this is all going to come to play here later on when we look at Paul and what he went through. But giving to missions is like Brother Sharon. I, I was Pastor Sharon preached last night. I thought, man, he said everything you could say in a missions conference. I don't know what else I'm going to have to say. I mean, it's going to sound like I've broken records just saying what he said. Uh, but giving to missions is one way, I believe, of trusting the Lord. You know, when you tithe, and you ought to be tithing. If you're not tithing, don't give to missions until you tithe. And then after that, you can give to missions. But tithing, I believe, is one of those things that we do that kind of puts us in a position where we have to trust the Lord. You have all this money, and all of a sudden, you've got to give 10% away to the Lord. And you have to say, Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to provide for me because I'm obeying you. And then when, whenever we talk about missions, that's another way that we trust in the Lord. Now you have your tithes and then you have your missions. And it's another way that you have to try to trust in the Lord and giving to Him. Now I wouldn't come up here and talk to you about missions given if I didn't give to missions. I give to missions even at my church, even though I'm a missionary. It doesn't make me exempt of not giving to missions. I care about the mission field. And as a matter of fact, sometimes I've seen missionaries. There's a great missionary I know, my pastor's father-in-law, who started a church in Mexico and it's not the biggest church. It's a, it's, a, it's a big church, but it's not the biggest church in Mexico. But what it is, is one of the most giving churches to missions in all of Mexico. All of it. And my, my pastor's father-in-law started that church. That's pretty crazy. And the reason I think that they have that mindset is because a missionary went in there and knew what it was to be in missions and knew what it was to give to missions and helped them understand the importance of giving to missions. And now that church, one, I heard... I haven't been there, but I heard that they had to bring an armored vehicle to get all the money out of that church to take it around because it's Mexico. And uh, I'm like, here, you know, you can't carry a gun. But uh, giving to missions is just one way that the Lord helps us, uh, motivates us to trust more in him. But giving to missions is not something you have to do. But let me tell you, you're missing out on it. You are missing out on what it is to give to missions. And the world's mindset is that if you give, you won't have. That's not the mindset of God, especially when you're trusting Him and doing it for the right reasons. Maybe some of you guys are consistently giving. Maybe you are giving, and maybe you're going to increase. Uh, well, don't quit. Stay the course on that. I, when I, you know, when I think about stay the course, I think don't quit. That's what I think. Don't give up. You just keep going. That is what it is to stay the course. Don't 
quit whenever you're giving to missions. And it can be tempting sometimes. And there was a time period before I started going to Norris Bible Baptist Seminary when I was giving to missions. And then when I started school, I stopped giving to missions. And that was wrong. And for all that time, I struggled. And I didn't have money. I could barely put gas in my car. And I had a 98, well, actually I had different cars, but I had a 98 Honda Civic. And uh, it was the ugliest, most ghetto car you ever seen. It didn't have AC. It didn't have radio. It didn't have panels inside of the doors, inside of the car. Uh, it was just it was crazy. And uh, that thing filled up with 20 bucks. And to think that I could barely put gas in that thing. And I think that it had to do because I wasn't giving to missions. Because I told God I would, and I didn't. So sometimes maybe you quit, but don't quit and give it to missions. Stay the course. Uh, some are, are going to increase, maybe. Stay the course. Maybe you're going to start. Well, once you get to going, stay the course. And I think you also ought to be careful how you give. Uh, I have a friend of mine uh, that's in, in school, and he's more of a new Christian. And uh, he's going through a hard time. He's you know, hates his job kind of situation, and uh, he's just going through a hard time. And I was talking to him the other day, and he was like, well, I'm worried about the finances and all this kind of stuff and everything. And he just kind of, he's still learning. He, for a while, was not giving a tithe. He was giving to missions, his tithes to missions. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give your tithes different. And I talked to him about it. I was like, man. And so I asked him, I, I said, look, I have a personal question for you. He said, yes. I said, are you giving to tithes or missions? He said, well, it's been two weeks since I haven't given. And I said, okay, I have another very important question for you. He said, what? I said, do you give cheerfully? And you know what he said to me? He said, no. I give because I know that's what God wants. And I told him, you know, man, you need to be very careful with that. It's like going up to the, to the, to the offering plate and saying, here, God, here's your money. That's not a thankful heart. That's not a heart of cheerfulness. The Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. You know, I think we ought to be very careful with that. It's giving is not something that you, uh, giving, you have to give knowing that it's something you get to do. It's not something you have to do. You get to do it. And you know, whenever you love somebody and you fall in love with that person and you, you want to give something to them, I think they would appreciate it if you gave it to them cheerfully. And not like, here, here's your food. Here, here's your engagement ring. Golly, why don't you give me a few more years? You know, I don't think they're going to appreciate that. It has to do with our heart and how we give. And I think that is a, such an important thing for us to be able to give with a cheerful heart as well. Think about that. Stay the course in that. Uh, quickly, give what costs you. Remember, David said he wasn't going to give the Lord anything that didn't cost him. Um, give what costs you. I could stay here for a long time, but for the sake of time, give the best that you have. If you read Malachi chapter 1, the Lord comes to him and says, I can't believe you guys are bringing all these sheep that are all sick and lame and dying, and you're bringing it to me. If you give it to your governor, you think he would be happy? No. So we ought to give the Lord the best that we have, not our leftovers. That's really important as well. And that's, take it as you may. I can go on with that, but we're going to keep going. Uh, number three, stay the course in remembering your missionaries. And what I mean by this, um, I know that you might... You might read your missionary letters and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, it's good to reach out to the missionaries. You know, when was the last time you personally went to look for a prayer card, look for their information, look for the email or their, their phone number, and texted them or called them or sent them a message? Just a church member, just around the church. You know, for me, it's exciting when I get messages from a pastor that says, hey, pa hey, brother, we're praying for you, that they're supporting me. 
Or another church member that might call me, hey, brother, how you doing? And what's going on? How, how's things been? You know, you only, get a, uh, you only get a little bit of a sense when you get a newsletter. Man, I'll tell you that's for sure. I, when I put newsletters out, I'm only telling you just a little bit because I can't put, it, I can't put a lot on there. And you, you have to be careful. That people won't read it anyway, but, you know, you have to be very careful with that. Uh, you, you, but to reach out to a missionary and, and talk to them, actually call them. Hey, man, how you been? How's your family doing? Uh, what have you guys been up to? Are you guys need anything? Are you guys hurting? Can I pray for you? Uh, you know, we're not, we're not superheroes. We're not superheroes. We're not men of steel and women of steel. We hurt and we go through things as well. And so you ought to consider praying for or, or, or being in touch with the mission, missionary. And I'm not just talking about Facebook. I don't have Facebook or anything like that. You can contact me through email or phone number. But uh, you should be considering to stay the course and keeping up with those things with your missionaries. They're part of, they're in a sense, partnering with this church. They're yeah. part of this family. Right. So we ought to consider doing that more and more. That's your perspective. That's you guys. Now I want to go through that again, but how us as a missionary would see it. Whenever you stay the course in praying for your missionaries, us missionaries were strengthened when we had to face trials. You know, um, it's one thing to love missionaries and be involved with them, but until you actually live the life of a missionary, there's a lot you may not understand. And I, I think probably the closest that may come to it is a military family that travels around a lot. And that's a really hard thing sometimes. I didn't realize it growing up, but it affected me uh, going to a church as a kid and finding these friends that are like your best friends in one night, and the next day never seeing them again. And just over and over and over and over again. And you don't realize how much that affects you. And missionaries, we go through trials. And maybe, you, maybe I shouldn't say this because I'm a missionary. But we get discouraged sometimes. Because we're just like you guys. We're human beings. And we get discouraged. And whenever people pray for us and genuinely pray for us, the Lord moves in great ways in our lives. And man, I might, I have to admit, maybe there's times where things happen that I don't really see that it's the hand of God because I'm thinking in a carnal sense. But the Lord does great things in our lives because of your prayers for the missionary. We're on this end. We're on the battlefield, per se. We're all in a battlefield. We're just in a different part of the battlefield, I guess. And your prayers is what helps our life. It really encourages us. It really, uh, it really helps us and strengthens us when we face trials. We lose loved ones. You know, uh, we go through all kinds of difficult situations when we're out in the field. Uh, it's a great thing for you to be able to pray for us and remember us and pray for our protection as we drive around. We travel quite a bit. Whenever I first started, um, Kevin was there. I remember he was at the dorm living in before he uh, got married. And, you know, now he's here. That's pretty good. And, uh, you know, he was a lot happier after he got married. And so I'm just happy for that. Before he got married, he was just this old grumpy 20-year-old. And now he's happy. I can't wait till I get married. Maybe I'll be happier. No, I'm just kidding. You know, when I first was starting really deputation, the first church that I actually had a meeting in officially in Alvarado, 
I was in a car accident. Somebody hit me the back of my car. And it's a long, kind of a long story, I guess. But a motorcycle was hit the back of my car, and the guy died at the scene. And it was a really bad situation. And, you know, it could have been a lot different had the guy hit me in the front. The guy hit my side of the car, but he hit the back of the car. And I think that the Lord protected me because people were praying for me. And you don't never realize the things that a missionary has to go through and the things that they face and the discouragement. Perhaps we become homesick. Yeah, it happens. You know, this is a great country we live in. And whenever you go to another country where the bathrooms aren't the same, the AC is not the same, the language is different, the culture is different, I mean, it, it can be hard on you. And whenever you pray for us, it encourages us as, uh, as we may be homesick. We may be going through some difficult trial with our families or something. But whenever you pray for us, it really encourages us. It really uh, strengthens us in our trials. Number two, whenever you stay the course in giving to missions, man, this, is, uh, this area especially because I'm on deputation has just been amazing. We're encouraged to keep going. We're encouraged to keep going as missionaries whenever you give. I remember the first uh, church that I went to uh, that gave me a missions, uh, they gave me a, a love offering. I remember they gave me a love offering, and I opened it up, man. I just started crying. I couldn't believe that they would do that. You know, the way I thought about it was that missionaries were just really never going to have hardly anything to eat. And, you know, because that's what my parents went through. But I started to see that now, thankfully, the churches have really got onto that and done a great job. And I remember that church, this little church out in, uh, out in um, Springtown, Texas, Redneck Capital. And they just were, man, they just gave me this little... They just gave me this little, uh, this, this love offering, and it, it moved me so much. It made me cry, I remember. It was just amazing to see that. Uh, it encourages us to keep going. Um, you know, now I, I truly have more of an appreciation whenever a church decides to give me a financial gift. I really do appreciate it. I mean, it is something that moves you so much. Because you don't, you don't work other than this. At least I don't. I only work in this. And when I know that a church is sacrificially giving for me to keep going, that is a big deal, man. That really moves your heart to understand how precious it is to give and appreciate it more. I've been moved many times to tears because people were giving and cared about giving to us. We go through financial difficulties as well, just like everybody else does. But the Lord is always good and provides for us. Uh, it, it really encourages us to keep going. Sometimes you'll go to churches that might not do much for you. I've been to churches that don't really have a missionary's heart, a uh, heart for missions, I mean. And it can be a little bit disheartening. You know, just like, man, this kind of stinks. But you go to churches like this and other churches that you just leave and you say, man, like the hotel that I got to go into, pff, that thing was so fancy. They have a Starbucks in there, man. <laughs> makes me feel pretty cool. It makes me feel good. I get to enjoy it. I mean, they told me the other missionaries like, oh, yeah, we're in the sixth floor. Six floors, man. I've never been in a, a hotel that has that many floors. That's crazy. It's just that fancy. You know, that makes, us feel, that makes us feel appreciated. It encourages us. It says, this church cares about me, and they love me. Uh, I remember I was going to a church. I got to move quickly, but I was going to a, a church years uh, Well, years ago when I was little, I remember going to that church, and that church would support my parents, in Alice, Texas, and it had about 50 people in it, and then uh, just a few months back, uh, my, the, the guy that's in charge of the church, he's not the pastor, but he was in charge, he's like, hey, 
uh, you know, I know your parents from years ago. Could you come out to the church and preach for us? And I'm in another church, too, and you can preach in both churches. So I was like, okay. So I went out there, and I saw the old church that I remember going to when I was a kid as we were on, when we were on furlough or deputation and stuff. And uh, I remember going in there uh, this time that I went, and there was only three people there. There's only three people. And one guy that was, like, agnostic. He's kind of crazy. I don't know what he was doing there, but he was there. And the church was, like, pretty much gone. And uh, this guy that was in charge of the church, he was telling me, you know, Tyler, years ago, like in 1995, that's before I was born, he said, uh, in 1995, I remember your parents came through here, through Alice, Texas. And I was here working at this church. He said, and your parents got here, and they didn't have any money. They didn't have any money to put gas in the car to get to the next town. That was like 50 miles. They didn't have money to get food or anything like that. Their tires were all bald. And the pastor at the time of that church told this guy, he said, hey, go out there and meet the missionaries. Put them in a hotel. Give them some money to keep going. Feed them. Give them some money to keep going. And, man, that really touched my heart to hear that. Because my parents are still on the field. Because a church decided it was going to help my parents out sacrificially. And that really encouraged me a lot. And it encourages us. Sometimes it's not necessarily... uh, it's not necessarily a gift of money or anything like that. I went to a church. Uh, one of the guys uh, was just really appreciative of me. He gave me this four-ounce uh, silver bar in the shape of Texas. And I had him engrave the name of the church on there because I was so appreciative of that. And, and you know, I'm not going to do much with it. I have it there. But it really moved my heart that he would do something like that. So that really encourages us when you stay the course in giving. When you stay the course in remembering your missionaries, We're reminded that our siblings in Christ, they're there for us and they care about us. Um, Man, you go to some churches where you are, it's almost like your church. I mean, you just get so close to the people there. You get so close to the pastor. I've been to churches that they just, I just love that church and they love me. And if I didn't have my church, I might just go to that church. It's just crazy. I mean, they've done so much. I had some churches that you get so close to. And it just happens as as a missionary. And you know that helps us out for us to be able to have that relationship with the churches. That's really important. And it, it, uh, it reminds us that we're thought of and we're cared for. And people are not just casting off to the side like anything. It encourages us to keep going. Now, real quickly, uh, some people might say, but, uh, you know, when we're talking about this area of giving and getting involved with missions, you know, Brother Yates, you just don't know how difficult my life has been, though, and what I'm going through. And you're right. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what is happening in your life. Uh, but what I do know is that whenever Paul was talking here to King Agrippa, he said that having therefore obtained help of God, when he said having therefore, if you read what was happening before that, uh, Paul was, had gone through some very difficult times. And you know what? He still said having therefore obtained help of God. And whenever I think about this, I think that, yeah, life is going to get hard and it's going to get difficult. And I'm understanding that more and more as I get older. And I still have a lot to learn. But what I've learned is you just don't quit. You don't quit. You stay the course. You don't quit. You keep going. Whenever uh, life seems to be pressing you down a bit, there was a, a, a poem that we had to learn. Rest if you must, but don't you quit, it said. Don't quit. You don't give up. You don't give up giving. You don't give up praying. You don't give up talking to missionaries. You don't give up in your Christian life. You just keep going. You don't give up. If we had to uh, do this all on our own, I would understand that we would give up. But guess what? We don't have to do it all on our own. Paul said, I therefore have obtained help of God. Having obtained help of God. I don't know about you guys, but that is some pretty amazing help. 
Paul went through a lot. He said that he'd been, in 2 Corinthians, he said that five times have received 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I, I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep and journeys, uh, often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils uh, by my own countrymen and perils by the heathen. Man, this guy went through it all. And you can just keep reading that list. And he still was keeping on. He didn't give up because he had help from the Lord. He had help of God. And I'm reminded whenever I read that, I was reading through the Chronicles the other day. I'm reminded of what Hezekiah said to his men when they were facing the Assyrians. He said, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him, he said. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves in the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. You know, that is what we ought to rest ourselves in. Like those people were able to trust that Hezekiah said that. They were saying, I'm trusting what you said, king. We can trust the very words of God and what he's told us. And you know what it tells us? That Paul wrote in Philippians, But my God shall supply all your needs according to, the, to his riches and glory by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. A lot of people misunderstand that verse. But the context of that verse was Paul talking about the churches, uh, this church in Philippi. And if you go to other passages like 2 Corinthians, it'll tell you that that church in Philippi was going through great trial of affliction and in deep poverty. They were going through hard times and they were still giving. And Paul writes to them and says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply your needs when you honor him in giving to mission sacrificially and whenever you give with a cheerful heart. I want to tell you something. The Lord will always provide for you whenever you honor him in giving to missions. And you do it right. You know, some people, well, God doesn't take care of me. Well, God, like, man, like I said, Brother Sharon said everything yesterday. God's not this ATM machine where you go and press these buttons and money comes out. That's not God. God is the creator of the universe, and he does as he will. But he honors people who give sacrificially from their heart. And God will take care of us. I uh, was down in Mexico in December, and, uh, and I remember I was there, and I had spent more money on this trip than I wanted to, to spend. And so it was kind of like, man, I was worried about it. I'd been paying for hotels and gas and stuff like that. And it was just kind of, I was worried about it. I didn't, you know, I was kind of low on funds and I had to spend that anyway. And so uh, whenever I went down there, I was uh, hanging out with this pastor and uh, some, some people. And this pastor was talking to us. And I didn't say anything about me being worried about the money. I was just like, well, the Lord's going to take care of me. I already gave to missions. I gave my tithe. I'm just going to trust in the Lord. And so this pastor starts telling us this story randomly, just out of the blue. I don't know why he told us, but I'm glad he did. But he was telling us that down there in Mexico, he had a, a man in his church that gotten saved. And he was a lawyer, this man. And he went and sold everything so that he could be in church. And he would just do little odd jobs here and there, handyman works. And he says that one day this man got up and he didn't have any money. And he didn't have any work. And he didn't have any food that day for his family. Because that's a pretty big deal. And this guy was a little worried and got outside. He was praying. This guy's been praying. He's walked outside and he's, he's praying. And one of the things that is in Mexico is that there's dogs everywhere in Mexico. I don't know why people are starving. You can just eat the dogs. But anyway, there's just dogs everywhere. And there's also trash everywhere. And uh, kind of like Dallas. I'm just kidding. And uh, you have this situation where this guy walks out there and he says he's, he's sitting there, he's praying, and he sees around the corner this dog. And it has a bag in his mouth. And he thought it was just a trash bag. 
And the dog's walking up to this guy. He's about to scare the dog off. And you notice inside of there is like this, plastic, this uh, paper bag inside of there, like a brown paper bag. It's kind of round. And the dog walks up to him. And he's like, he grabs it. He realized what was in there. He grabbed the bag. He opened it up, and it was a grilled chicken, an entire grilled chicken that a starving Mexican dog didn't tear open and eat and brought it to this guy. And you say, no way, Brother Yates. That's what I said when this pastor told me that story. He said that guy went in, they ate, him and his family. They gave the, dog, the bones to the dogs, and the Lord took care of them. And I remember when he told me that, man, I about started crying. I just said, God, I'm trusting you. And that, that I think probably within a few days after that, I got my report back uh, from my mission agency. And at that time, I'd only been a few months. But at that time, I had gotten five times more than what I usually had gotten. A church decided to give some extra money and some other people. Man. And you know what I realized? I don't even deserve for a stinking dog to bring me a chicken in his mouth. The Lord still took care of me and did great things with us. The Lord takes care of you whenever you give to missions. So stay the course and don't give up. Just don't quit. You just keep doing it. And usually whenever we're going through our hard times and whenever it's hard to give, but we give, that's giving sacrificially and saying, God, here it is. You know, last time I came here, Mrs. Jerry asked me, she said, hey, Brother Yates, I want to give you something. Mrs. Jerry, she's here with us. And she gave me some money. And she told me, Brother Yates, it's not a lot. But you don't realize, Mrs. Jerry, how much that touched my heart for you to do that. But somebody I don't know decides to help me out. Man, that moves you. And that encourages you to say, I'm going to keep going. There's a letter written by William Travis. Some of you might remember that name. It might be that old. No, I'm just kidding. This guy was from the Alamo. And he wrote a letter, and I remember reading it years ago, and it didn't mean much to me then, but now it really has become part of my life. He writes this letter when he was in the Alamo, and he says, To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. I have sustained a continual bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. The enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion. Otherwise, the, garrisons, uh, the garrison are to be put to the sword if the fort is taken. I have answered the, man, the demand with a cannon shot, and our flag still waves proudly from the walls. And he says this phrase, I shall never surrender nor retreat. Then I call on you in the name of liberty, of patriotism, and everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily, and I will no doubt increase to and will no doubt increase to three or four thousand in four or five days. If this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due to his own honor and that of his country. And he writes, victory or death. And then he puts a little P.S. The Lord is on our side. When the enemy appeared in the sight, we had 
not three bushels of corn. We have since found in deserted houses 80 or 90 bushels and gotten the walls 20 or 30 head of bees. Travis. You know, when I read that years ago, it didn't mean a lot, but I started to see that now as a missionary. And he wrote, I shall never surrender or retreat. And I thought if a man would do that for his country, I think I could do that for my king. And I start to tell myself in situations where you're having a hard time, I shall never surrender or retreat. I am not going to give up. I'm going to stay the course and I'm going to keep giving and I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep getting to know more missionaries and I'm going to go down to Mexico and to tell you the truth, sometimes I don't know how I'm going to do it. Sometimes I get scared to think that maybe I don't know what will happen. I don't know the situation that will happen. All I know, though, is that I'm in the hands of the Lord and he wants me to go down there and I'm going to do it. And I have no plans to surrender or retreat. And like this guy said, I'd rather have victory or die. Stay the course, because in doing so, many lives will hear the gospel. Think about that. A lot of people will hear the gospel because you decided to stay the course. They'll get saved, and the fruit will be added to your account. Remember Paul said, it's not that I desire a gift, but fruit that may abound to your account. I don't know if there's a better investment than that. I just want to encourage this church, Central Park Baptist Church. Stay the course. Don't give up. And keep on keeping on. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for...